0: As usual, Randolph Ridenauer was moderating Sundown Symposium. Today, his panelists were those other phonies, Thomas Barlow, Lewis Murray, and Carmelita Delgado, whose manner suggested that God had brought them to the studio in his limo, briefing them en route on his plans for the world. Even so, their revelations, delivered in that pseudo-Oxonian drawl, currently she-she among network pundits, amounted to no more than a rephrasing of what the less godly already knew. The world was a stinking mess and would likely remain so. Internecine war was raging among the no longer unionized socialists of the Soviet republics. Post-Castro-Cuba sought to become a protectorate of Japan, the fat cat, increasingly smug superpower. Germany's economic and political health was worsening daily thanks to the staggering cost of unification and an explosive surge of neo-Nazism in key population blocks. Middle East theocrats, traumatized by their recent Sadami, concocted vengeful conspiracies against the American Satan. China was torn by new riots. The United States, in the morning after of its Gulf War Bacchanal, was assigning its remaining pocket change to the battle against declining but still epidemic narcotism. Sweeney sighed and flipped the remote off-switch. He pushed himself free of the swivel chair and left the desk for the window wall, where he stood for a time, regarding the rain-washed Georgetown street below. The impeccably dressed strawberry blonde, who was reputed to be the mistress of Senator Riggles, came out of Number 20, snapped open her $100 umbrella, tiptoed through the puddles to a red BMW, and drove off in a swirl of exhaust. Philip Bridgewater, the economist, appeared briefly in the doorway of Number 24 to scowl at the sky— and moments later, a cab dropped off. What's his name? Something, something. Anderson, the poet who lectured at the university and was said to hold seances in number twenty-eight. With this, the street returned to its rainy afternoon somnolence. An expensive neighborhood, a most unlikely neighborhood for his line of work, which, after all, made it the most likely neighborhood. He was considering this irony when the intercom sounded its polite warble. Yes. Mr. Richter's office buzzed, Mr. Sweeney. He wonders if you might find a moment to drop by. As secretaries went, Irma Landry was competent, but her oiliness was the pea under his office-time mattress, an insignificance which, perhaps because it was civil service and therefore everlasting, had become a major annoyance. I often wonder about that myself, Irma. Sir? I'm on my way. He entered the corridor, a hushed carpeted gangway lined with Chippendale parchment-shaded lamps and elegant art in gilded frames, which led from operations housed in number 21 to the abutting number 23, where Aaron Richter, as director of special intelligence initiatives, nested behind a second-floor redan composed of administration and central coding. Sweeney stood for a moment, listening to the far-off muted computer clackings with a sudden uneasiness. Something was up. Richter never called meetings this late in the day. Gathering himself, he headed for Corridor's End and the highly varnished gate-like doors bearing the brass plaque, Director's Suite, and in a kind of parenthetical, equally elegant but smaller font below, admission by electronic key only. In gentler times, Richter's office had served as a corner bedroom. It was now a mellow melange of book-lined walls, draped windows, polished mahogany and red leather. "'Hello, Tom.' Richter, seeming diminished and somehow forlorn behind the mammoth desk, waved at the wing chair. "'Have a seat.' "'Thanks. It's been a long day.' Richter turned slightly in his chair to regard the evening taking form beyond the streaming windows. His face in profile suggested a weathered Remington Range Rider, craggy, self-sufficient, made pensive by isolation and loneliness. "'I have an unhappy duty, Tom.' "'How so?' Richter cleared his throat, his gaze still on an unspecific distance. I'll move right to the bottom line. Your voluntary withdrawal from S.I.I. is being requested. The budget cuts require an across-the-board reduction in force, and since your post is very high-level, and on paper at least, somewhat redundant to my own, you're a sitting duck, hopelessly vulnerable in the eyes of the bean counters. Naturally, the department would like to circumvent the costly, time-consuming civil service procedures governing dismissals and— so your resignation would be a big help. I hate to lose you, but requesting your resignation is the only card I can play in this rotten hand I've been dealt. Sweeney smiled dryly. Why is it that I'm so unsurprised? You should be surprised. You're one hell of an intelligence handler. None better, actually. And with all that fast lane field experience from Nam to Panama, with all your years of German...